that promo reminded me, I saw a story today about how there was like a news anchor, a news sports anchor who worked in like 45 Taylor Swift references into his sports report. I'll see if I can find it. It was it was pretty funny. I was going to say, I feel like we should get our 2020 people to start like working in, not necessarily Taylor Swift, but like some sort of references to like maybe concerts were giving away tickets to or something in the report, like just song titles. I think that's basically what he did was like he just used all these different song titles to somehow pitch his sports report. Hilarious. Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, our first guest of the night. Covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. Also does a whole bunch of stuff covering our Cleveland Cavaliers. You can find him on Twitter, at Greg Swartz BR. It is Greg Swartz. Greg, thanks for jumping in with me tonight, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I got to start you with this question because we were actually texting about this over the weekend. Um, you mentioned that you're a big Eric Church fan and you didn't end up getting a, good, a chance to go to the concert the other night, but I mentioned to you that my wife and I went. And yesterday on, uh, on my Sunday show... I basically vented about how I, I'm a pretty patient person, Greg, but like nothing frustrates me more than like sitting in standstill traffic. And you know how it is getting into Blossom, I'm sure. So it was mm-hmm. just miserable. And to top it off, I got even more mad when I saw these motorcyclists who started kind of weaving their way up the middle of the line to get into Blossom. And I said, listen, I know lane splitting is illegal anyway, but... I, I've kind of said, like, on the highways, if you do it because there's traffic, like, fine. Maybe you got to just want to get to the next exit and get off. Like, I can live with it. But in this instance, I was like, no, we are all in this together. We're all trying to get into this concert. You wait your turn in line. Am I right in being aggravated by that? 100%. 100%. Because Blossom is one of the most frustrating places to try to get out of nice. after you've been there for a packed concert. You've got tens of thousands of people there. All you want to do is you've had a good time but your buzz is wearing off. You want to go home. <laughs> you don't want you don't want to sit in traffic for, for two hours, which can happen when you're there. So it's a great venue, great concerts, but trying to get out of there, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, I'd, be, it, I'd be mad too. It is the it is like a gem, a hidden gem of a concert venue, like in terms of just like across America, I think. Like it is one of the best places you can take in a concert. And when you're there, the experience is great. But you're right, like getting in and out is always just such a chore um, it's worth it, but it's also sometimes just like really infuriating. So I'm glad that I have you on my side. I will say most of the people who called in yesterday agreed with me as well. So let's get to some of the nitty gritty basketball stuff here. Um, I want to start with this because given how fans have been talking about Donovan Mitchell of late, I, I do you think that his presence at Greg Newsom's charity softball game did anything to maybe smooth things over a little bit? Because Listen, he said all the right things about Cleveland. It seems like he does like it here. He was jumping up and down, celebrating on the golf course when he found out because he was excited about the opportunity. So I, it's not that he like hates Cleveland. I think people have just gotten so caught up in their feelings when they hear his link to the Knicks that they're all mad and some trying to maybe trade him now. But I thought it did maybe speak to his just enjoyment of this city and, and being here and being involved in some of these other things going on with other athletes that he considers peers that he showed up to the softball game. Yeah, showed up to the softball game, actually did some media. I know I, I saw a clip about he was asked about Imani Bates and his, you know, the Cavs drafting him. So that was, you know, that's not something he has to do media for. It's not like he has right. to speak to people there. That's just him donating his time to do that. So I thought that was nice of him. Um, I, I think we, as media, need to do a, a good job, a good collective job, of not continuing to pester him with questions about his future, which, by the way, he's got two years 
before he can become a free agent. It's not like it's this summer or, or even next summer. So we need to stop bothering him with these because I'm sure that he hears it enough. And as fans, don't go to social media with that stuff with him. Just, <laughs> just seriously, don't. Because if he texts that, that's going to wear on him. Is that going to make him more likely to stay? Or is that going to want to push him out the door? Because at the end of the day, you want to make your superstars feel welcome. You want them to feel comfortable. And you want them to know that this is a good fan base that backs them up. Because that's, that's what Cleveland has over a lot of these other cities and big market teams. Is We have a tremendous fan base. And I think a lot of athletes see that when they finally come to Cleveland and maybe they don't realize that before they get here. Let's not turn into that fan base that is just constantly worried about, is he going to leave? Is he going to leave? And let that leak on a social media forum because that, in the long run, that's not going to help him. Yeah, that's exactly what I said yesterday. Because I was like, guys, like, don't give him a reason to want to leave. Like, If you want him here right. long term, we should be like pumping up the fact that we love him here and then... Who knows, like maybe it doesn't work out or maybe the Knicks are in a position where they don't need Donovan Mitchell and it's not even really a thing that's going to happen and then he does stay here. So it's just weird though, Greg, because, and I guess I get it because, I mean, Cleveland's been burned and spurned so many times over the years and LeBron's probably the most most recent wound uh, to do it. He did it twice and the first time was obviously worse than the second time. But I think that there's just this complex in Cleveland where they just constantly don't think they're good enough. And so as soon as like some star players here and they there's like rumors that they might want to go somewhere else we just don't believe that we're ever going to be good enough to keep him so we just kind of accept it and force him out and I don't know that that's the right mentality to take we got to get over that I think as a city we do but uh, I'll say this July 8th July 9th 2010 there are still scars from that night and I think uh, if you say the word decision if you say the word take the words taking my talents I think those (laughs) still have some scars in Cleveland and everybody right away will know what I mean. And I think those scars have carried over to, you know, when we potentially have other superstar athletes that have the option to leave. So, but different player, different situation. I think we need to just embrace Donovan and enjoy the time that he's here. Talking with Greg Swartz, Bleacher Report on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Well, you mentioned his name a little bit earlier, Imoni Bates, uh, the Cavs draft pick. I felt like, for having the 49th pick, and if they weren't going to trade up to the first round, which obviously didn't happen, and try to maybe get somebody who could make more of an impact immediately, I thought it was fine that they took him where they did. You're looking at that point in the in the second round just for a player that has maybe some tremendous talent that I guess has some of the questions that Bates has that maybe you put him in the right situation and, and it clicks and he becomes something for you. But I guess because the way fans talked about him the next day and even into the weekend – and talked about the organization, it was just like they didn't like the move, and it seemed like a lot of people were kind of indifferent about it and feeling like this guy is really not going to give us much, and I just don't really know what fans expected. So what do you think is a realistic expectation for Amoni Bates in the NBA and with the Cavs next year? Yeah, I think it's going to be something that's going to take time. Um, I don't even know if he'll get a traditional contract or if he'll sign like a two-way contract to start um, just because that's, you know, late second round picks, you can sign him to a number of different ways. I think he's a guy that could benefit from a lot of time with the charge uh, in the G League and try to just work on his shot efficiency, get in with an NBA coaching staff and say, okay, let's, let's work on eliminating those long twos. Let's take more threes. Let's focus on getting to the basket more. Let's take smarter shots. Let's work on uh, sharing the ball. Because, I mean, he's gonna if he wants to play with the Cavs and play meaningful minutes, he's not going to look off Donovan Mitchell and say, no, I got this. 
He's not going to look off Darius Garland and be like, oh, ISO, ISO. Like, <laughs> that's not how it's going to work. And that's how he's played his entire life because he's always been or almost always been the most talented player on the floor. And that's not how it's going to be if and when he gets time with the Cavs this season. So I think we really got to break down a lot of those bad habits that he's kind of accumulated the last couple of years and, and really probably for most of his basketball life and just say, okay, how can you make an impact this year? You know, even if you're not getting the ball, you know, can you be a screener? Can you be a cutter? Can you be a willing defender? If we can start doing that, we know the skill set is there on offense. We know you can make tough shots. We know you can, you know, take guys off the dribble and, and get to the basket and score. Let's work on those other things. And I, I think he could benefit from a lot of time in the G League and then maybe start to make an impact for the Cavs next year. So knowing that it's not an immediate fix, obviously, in, in drafting Bates, you, we now have the offseason to look forward to. Get started later this week, obviously. And there's already all kinds of trades popping up and rumors popping up. Damian Lillard is apparently meeting with his reps to talk about what his future holds and meeting with the Portland Trailblazers. The Hawks finalized the trade today, sending John Collins to the Jazz. So there's all kinds of different things happening, and I think fans are kind of sitting there wondering, when are the Cavs going to do something? So what do you anticipate is maybe next for Cleveland as we get ready for the offseason? What moves do you think that they have to pull when free agency opens this week? Well, I know I know patience can be tough, <laughs> especially Definitely. for Cleveland sports fans. <laughs> um, but keep in mind, you know, everybody thought last summer was kind of boring for the Cavs and were they going to do anything and what was going to happen with Colin Sexton. Then September rolled around, and that's when they made the trade for Donovan Mitchell. And think about, we're still in June. Think about how far away September feels. I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be full-on Browns mode by September. So that's, that's when the Cavs really did most of their action last year. Now, that being said, we're not, we're not going to make a trade for a star-level player like Donovan. We don't have the assets to do that. Um, but they have their full mid-level exception, $12.4 million they can use. I think they can get a really good player or two helpful players with that. Um, I think you have to re-sign Karis LeVert so you don't lose the salary spot. Even if you're not convinced Karis is you know, going to be on this team long-term, you still have to pay him. Um, if you can get him for $15 million a year or less, that would be ideal. Um, certainly, you don't want to go over $20 million for him. You have your biannual exception of about $4.5 million you can use um, basically, you have $37 million uh, to play with where you're underneath that luxury tax line. And a lot of that is, okay, what do you use? You know, if you use that two-way contract to sign Imani Bates, he doesn't take up any cap space. Um, like I said, that if, if you use the, uh, the, you have the full mid-level, you have the full biannual, you can re-sign Karis LeVert, you can go over the salary cap space for that. So there are these little things you can use. You have future second-round draft picks. You have a first-round pick swap you can use in 2024. You're not going to hit a home run, but you can hit some singles and you might hit a double. And if you have four players as good as the Cavs have, you don't need to hit a home run. So as long as they're smart, they use that mid-level exception to sign one or two high-impact guys, you get potentially another starting small forward. And then if you look at the trade market, I'd go right back to Delano Hawks and I'd say, you're trying to move off money. You just got rid of John Collins. What would it take to get DeAndre Hunter? Mm. What would it take to get him? Because I think he would be an upgrade over Isaac Okoro at the starting small forward. Uh, I would call the Brooklyn Nets. I would say, what would it take to get Royce O'Neal, a guy who's really close to Donovan Mitchell? You want Donovan to be comfortable, 
bring in one of his best friends and let him be the starting small forward, a guy that can play defense and hit threes. So a lot of things you can do, nothing real big, but um, like I said, the Cavs have such a good foundation. They don't, they don't need to hit a home run this off season. I like both those moves. Uh, I love Royce O'Neal, especially talking with Greg Schwartz here on the, on the hotline. There's been a ton of rumors about Jared Allen to this point. We heard on draft night that maybe some teams were reaching out about what it would take to get him and throwing some things, some darts at the board on, in terms of trades and the Cavs kind of balked at it. But do you anticipate, whether it's Jarrett or anybody else, that any member of, let's just say, what it's being called the core four is traded this offseason? No, I don't think so. Um, I think Jarrett is the only one that even has a sprinkle of a chance. You're not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. You're not going to trade Darius Garland. Uh, you're, you're certainly not going to trade Evan Mobley. No. He might be the most untouchable player on the entire roster, even with the Donovan Mitchell, just because you've got him for two more years on his rookie contract, and then you're going to sign him to a five-year max extension so you essentially have team control for seven years on a guy that just finished third in defensive player of the year at age 21 so you're, you're not going to trade him for anything um that being said Jared not even tobias harris like that uh that trade that was thrown out did you see well, that well i mean you're, you're <laughs> gonna have to give up evan mobley jared allen and a draft pick for, for sounds tobias really enticing harris. to me <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daryl Morey, he uh, he actually follows me on Twitter. I should DM him and then give him some crap about that. Um, yeah, I, I I I just shook my head when I saw that. I was like, okay, all right, that's what we're doing. Um, no, I don't even I don't even like Tobias Harris as a fit as a small forward. I think he's a better at a four. So um, Jared Allen, I think you only move him if you can get a guy like an OG Ananobi, like an elite an elite small forward. Um, you know, they use a guy that led the NBA in steals last year, shoots close to 40% from three. He's only 25 years old. Unless it's that kind of return, I think you keep Jared Allen, you lock uh, Evan Mobley in the gym and make him shoot a thousand three-pointers a, a night. And then if you bring him back, Evan Mobley starts shooting threes. All of a sudden, this whole thing looks a lot better. And you say, wow, I, I'm really glad we didn't trade Jared Allen because I think that could end up being a mistake. Last one for you, Greg. And again, we're talking with Greg Schwartz of Bleacher Report. Uh, I mentioned Damian Lillard a little bit earlier, and we got all kinds of smoke coming from Portland about what his future holds. And there was the whole sort of uh, subtle, I guess, thing on social media where he was playing Welcome to Miami, and people wondered if that was like him hinting at wanting to go there. Um, listen, it, it, Dame's an interesting case because – He's been the one guy who has preached loyalty and how the, 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 his his career isn't about just where he ends up and having to win titles and all this different stuff, and he kind of hates that he gets put in that box. But it sounds like there's actually some some actual movement here or some thought behind him maybe actually wanting out for once. So where do you think Damian Lillard is playing next year? So, yeah, I looked at the Miami song thing. I thought that was interesting. Apparently, his uh, his his agent said that the DJ where he was was playing that as a joke. So that was not Damien's song choice because I thought that's kind of a passive aggressive thing yeah. to do for Lillard, who seems who seems like a pretty mature guy. But uh, I, I don't think that was his choice. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, yeah, if if you want to keep up with Damian Lillard, I would suggest following Chris Haynes, who does excellent work for us at Bleacher Report. Yep. He's a guy that used to cover Cleveland.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Cleveland.com, and before that, he worked in, in Portland covering the Trailblazers. He has a very good relationship with Damian Lillard. He was the one that reported that Lillard was meeting uh, him and his agent were meeting with the Blazers today to kind of talk about the future. So I would suggest following Chris. Um, uh, look, Portland is set up so perfectly for a rebuild. 
Like they have all this young talent on the roster. And yeah, you could trade it for veteran help, but geez, if, if you were ever thinking about moving on from Damian Lillard, who I don't think we can ignore the fact he's going to be 33 next month. He has four years left on his contract on a contract that is going to end up being $60 million a year for a guy that already doesn't play a lot of defense. And I, I love Damian Lillard, but if you're paying him 50 some million dollars a year, he's past his prime. He's not a good defender. He's never been a guy that's taken his team to the championship. I think we might be overrating him just a little bit at this point. So if I'm Portland, I would seriously consider selling high. I know you want to keep him. I know you want to win with him, but you have his heir apparent in Scoot Henderson. You have Shaden Sharp, who looked really good at the end of last year. You traded for Cam Reddish and Matisse Thibel, who are restricted free agents. You can bring them back. You have Anthony Simons. You have a really good young core. And if you could trade Damian Lillard, and let's say you get back a really good young power forward or center, you're set up to be a powerhouse in a couple years if you're Portland. And everybody in the West is trying to win. If you're the one team that's trying to lose, you're going to get a really good draft pick next year too. So I, I, I think it would be best for everyone involved if the Portland Trailblazers traded Damian Lillard at this point. Well, since you talked about it, I, I'm going to get you out of here really quickly. With You can just give me a, a – it's, it's a one, one basically a one-word answer. So based on what you said about Lillard, would you rather have Lillard or Donovan Mitchell? Mitchell. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm curious because I know a lot of fans were talking about like, oh, of course, we, if we waited to this offseason, we could have got Damian Lillard. But I think you're right. Like, guy who's past his prime in his 30s. So it's, uh, it's an interesting conversation, I think. All right, that'll do it. Greg Schwartz, Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter, at Greg Schwartz, BR. He does some great stuff over there. Be sure to check out all his work at Bleacher Report. Greg, Always appreciate the conversation, my man. Go enjoy some uh, some Eric Church. Put on some tunes. I will. Thanks for having me <laughs> Always great. Take it easy, my man. Good stuff from Greg. Let's take a break. We'll uh, dissect a little bit of what he had to say about the Cavs moves this offseason. When we get back, right here on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin.